Welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us. Ines Tallis came home to an empty house, her children gone, and there was nothing but a note that said, we are sorry, but we went to live with dad. She was completely crushed. She lost all her strength, knowing she had lost her reason to go on. Her son Joel later admitted that he and his twin sister were under the delusion that their mother's rules were too strict. We convinced ourselves, he said, that we were living under a tyrannical oppression. Our father, on the other hand, had no rules. He let his children watch and do whatever they wanted. No longer in the Christian environment they had grown up in, they started smoking and drinking and hanging out with their new friends. And as the years passed, they lost touch with God and didn't even know where their Bibles were. Innes Tellus felt like the devil had robbed her of her children and her only hope was to cling to Jesus, her Savior and Lord. Daily, hourly, she poured out her heart to God in prayer and He supplied her with the strength and hope to go on. Today, our special guests are Ines and Joel Tellis, who have agreed to share their story with us. And to begin with, we will be speaking to Joel. Joel, thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege. Joel, you are a twin. You have a twin sister. I, I am a twin. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't look anything alike if you've, okay, if not you've identical. seen her. Not identical at all. It's funny people will ask. Um, we, uh, yeah, our parents were born in Montevideo, Uruguay, in South America. Uh, you know, and I think in uh, 89, they immigrated to Canada and Toronto, uh, where my sister and I were born in 1991 uh, at Branson Hospital uh, in North York, Ontario, which was Adventist owned at the time. So you lived in an area that wasn't exactly safe. Yeah, Scarborough was, um, was rough at the time in the 90s. And um, but my mother eventually at one point, about seven years old, she found bullet casings on our driveway. Um, and she decided it was probably time to, to get out of there. Um, at the same time, they, they realized, uh, or my mother realized the importance of an Adventist Christian education. Um, so they collectively with my father made the decision that we would move up to Oshawa. Uh, where we could attend College Park Elementary School uh, with my sister and I, and, and we could uh, attain that, that Christian education. What did you think of this new school, this new church, new environment? I mean, for us, it was, um, it was quite normal. I mean, we'd grown up in the church. You know, we'd had a, a big uh, uh, Spanish community as Adventists in, um, in uh, Toronto. Uh, and then so just moving here was pretty seamless, to be honest. We, we really enjoyed it. We enjoyed having the um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the community and having the friendships and being on campus and that Adventist feel, you know. So, Joel, it sounds like um, you really enjoyed your childhood and things were going very well with your family. You were happy in your new environment amongst like-minded people. So everything was going well for you and it was hunky-dory. Well, yeah, it sure seemed from my perspective. You know, it, it, it seemed like it was going pretty good. Unfortunately, at, at uh, nine years old, uh, my parents uh, had been fighting quite a bit and uh, arguing, and uh, my father ended up leaving the home. Um, they separated, and then a couple of years later, they got divorced. Um, 
it definitely put a strain on, on my sister and I, you know, especially me. I'm, I'm not sure what it is maybe about being a boy, but I, I felt that responsibility for my mother and my sister, you know, especially my twin sister, you know, she was everything to me, you know, I just made sure that she was going to be okay all the time. And, uh, but yeah, it definitely got, it got hard. We had to move um, houses and um, I do have a very significant story. I remember one time and I was crying in my bedroom, um, as I often did at the time. and. Uh, I had an image pop into my mind. And I feel like it was the impression of the Holy Spirit. Now, I had an image of uh, of a, uh, a cartoon Bible story that we used to watch uh, when we were kids, and it was this this one in particular was the story of Solomon, um, and when he took over the, the throne of King David, you know, his father, he realized the responsibility he had, you know, to to rule the nation, to judge the nation, and um, with that image in my mind, you know, I remember he had asked for wisdom from God. I knelt down in my room um, and I prayed for the wisdom of Solomon that I, I would be able to know what was going on and, and find a way to help. Joel, how do you think that that specific prayer had an effect on you? I, I had one experience later on in my life after we, I, I graduated from elementary, at the elementary school, I went to attend Kingsway College and as I enrolled there, um, one Friday night Vespers, um, the uh, preacher, the chaplain, had made an altar call after speaking. And he had asked for any young people in the crowd that felt the call to ministry. You know, not many of us went up, just a few. And after he had done praying with us, um, he made us write a note in our Bibles of the commitment we had made to God that night. And I still have that Bible and, and, and the image. So, Joel, your mother at this stage now, being a single mom with you and Deborah, at home, she must have been so pleased in the direction that your life was going at this stage as a teenager. She was very proud. She was very happy at, at, at the way my life was headed. And um, of course, the devil doesn't like that. At, um, at the age of 16 years old, um, my sister and I, we, we had felt we were old enough to make our own decisions. Um, we'd felt like we were, we'd been living, uh, you know, under kind of repression, you know. And um, we, we called, we, we packed some bags. We called a taxi that took us to the GO train. Um, the GO train that took us down to uh, Toronto Union Station, uh, where we hopped on a Greyhound bus that took us to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, where our father and his wife at the time would pick us up to go live with them in Alberta. Um, you know, obviously I get pretty emotional thinking about the time, you know, my mother coming home. Um, with nothing but a note that said that we had gone to go live with our father. I'm sure she felt like the devil was winning at this point. When I saw the note uh, on the table, the dining room table, my heart was, you know, sinking because I said, where are these kids? Uh, it was uh, tremendous. I mean, I, I cannot describe, you know, the pain and the anguish because in, in one moment you have a flash that what can happen to them by themselves in this world, right? I think it's, it's a nightmare for any parent, you know, to come home to an empty home. Just uh, knowing that your kids run away and, and you feel all these feelings come together, you know, you are angry and you are scared and you are betrayed and so many things at once that you experience. 
So uh, at the same at the same time, emptiness and and later loneliness. I had the kids with me on that Sunday because they left on a Monday, and and we, we they were in my in my bedroom. We prayed together, and the next day I didn't have them. You know, so circumstances can change very fast in your life. So if you don't have the Lord, where do you go? Where do you go, right? So God really is the only one that sustained me and hold me together, you know, because it was very hard. My friends were afraid to leave me by, by myself. They take turns to come home and stay with me during the night. But, uh, but I was, uh, even though it was terrible times, I, I never thought about anything crazy. But yes, you do ask yourself, what's the purpose? You know, I came to this country with my husband. He left. Now I had two kids with him. The kids are left. So what is the purpose? What am I doing here? What I should do? But uh, the Lord, uh, like I said, He's faithful and He sustained me all these years through His promises, through fasting, through prayer. I cannot tell you how many nights I spent the whole night in prayer. Tremendous. Uh, only only um, a mother that goes through something like this will understand my heart. And, and any parents that experience this, the only ones who can understand how hard this is. Then you start reciting like Nehemiah 8, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And also Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy come forth in the morning. All those promises hold me together. Joel, that seems so drastic. It was almost, it didn't just happen overnight. Obviously you and Deborah must have planned it and thought it through because you packed, you called the taxi, you went to the GO train, went to Saskatchewan, your dad picked you up there and he came from Alberta. So it must have all, all have been planned. Like, why? Like, why did you do that? Yeah, it definitely had been planned. You know, I feel, uh, you know, my father had been gone for some time now and, and, and um, it seemed, you know, he had to keep looking for work. And so you have to keep moving further and further away. Eventually he moved all the way to Alberta. So it's quite a ways from Ontario and um, he couldn't always come visit us. So we weren't seeing him that much. I think we were, we were missing that, that connection with him. You know, we, we hadn't seen him in, um, in so long and we really longed for that connection. Um, and at the same time at home, it, it seemed like, you know, my mom had a lot of rules and, you know, a lot of things that we couldn't do. And it seemed that way in any case. Right. And um, so we, yeah, we just decided we were going to go live with, with our father. We thought, you know, we, we were kind of wanted a change. Um, when we got there, uh, you know, things were much, much different than from, from here. Um, you know, my father was really busy with his work and uh, with the construction business that he had at the time and, and all these things. And it just seemed like we were kind of left to our own devices. Um, you know, the first thing we did was spend the entire summer on the couch uh, just watching movies and, and shows and stuff that we had been, you know, I say deprived of as children, um, but let alone Christians. You know, we, uh, we started attending the public high school down the road in, in the fall and, and we were far from the Christian environment that we had grown up in at this point. You know, everything was different. Uh, the, the language was different. The, the, the kids were different. The, the attitude was different. 
you know, all the um, influences uh, from the outside world. You know, we were so naive in a way. We, we really had no idea of the outside world. We weren't prepared at all. And so you were thrown into this. It must have been pretty tough. Yeah, it, it really was. Yeah, for me, um, you know, especially now, you know, not being surrounded by that Christian influence, we, we stopped, you know, reading our Bibles. We stopped going to church. We, we weren't, you know, being the Christians that we had grown up to be. Um, you know, we really detached from all these things. Uh, unfortunately, my father, a couple of years later, lost his business uh, and his home. Uh, we ended up having to move into a house with some friends that lived in, in Edmonton in the city. My sister, unfortunately, had made some friends uh, that I didn't quite like at the time. And as she kind of left the home, um, I kind of got lost. You know, up until that point, I had felt very responsible for her, um, for her life. I, I almost felt like I had been the one that had brought her to Alberta with me. You know, I don't, I don't think she would have done that on her own. Um, and uh, now that she was gone, I was kind of empty. You know, I, I remember looking back at pictures of the time and I was just wearing all black. And uh, I didn't, I don't remember making that decision consciously. I just manifest how I guess I was feeling inside. I, I felt very alone. I, I, I sunk into this like functional depression. You know what I mean? It was like I, I could go to work. Um, uh, I could talk to people. I could, uh, you know, have regular conversations. But when I was at home on my own, um, I felt alone. You know, I, I, I just would try and play video games or, or watch movies and try and, you know, distract my mind from all the pain that I was feeling. Eventually, you know, I moved into drinking and, and, and after I graduated, um, you know, mentioning that, it's a really tough story. I, I always can't forget. Um, you know, they were calling all the, um, all the kids to the school gymnasium. Um, They'd asked us to sit into our uh, alphabetical groups so that we could be fitted for our robes and our, our, our caps. Um, I remember sitting there in, uh, in the T section for my last name and they were calling the last names. And um, as they uh, finished with the T's um, and moved on and they hadn't called my name, I was still sitting there. Um, I realized that I wasn't, uh, wasn't going to have graduation. You know, I wasn't going to have a, a to be able to go up in the cap and gown and then accept the certificate, you know, a ceremony. There wasn't going to be anybody to come and congratulate me, even though I'd stuck it out, you know, because it wasn't something I wanted to do. I, I was so over it. You know, the worst part was thinking of my friends back at Kingsway. You know, all these kids that I had grown up in in the church schools. I thought, you know, they were all going to get to graduate together on their own um, and I wouldn't be there because I had left. Um, I was. It was quite devastating. I just left the gym. Um, you know, I just went across to the mall where I usually just hung out smoking, you know, um, just crying, you know, thinking where was my life headed, you know. After that, I, I went straight into work with construction with my father. You know, I wasn't really interested in going to any post-secondary education or anything. I just wanted to make money. I wanted to get out. And I did that for a few years. I realized I didn't much like building houses in Alberta winters. It gets quite cold out there. Um, so uh, I moved back to the city and I got a job at Costco. Joel, can you tell us how you met your wife, Natalie? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty funny story. You know, I had gotten a job at Costco there and um, I had been packing groceries and um, there was a, a young woman at the till and uh, we had a family of uh, some Hispanic couples that came through 
and uh, they were speaking in Spanish and, and you know as my custom is you know my mom she talks to everybody and especially if they she knows that they're Spanish and so I started talking to them in Spanish I started saying hey you know you guys are where are you guys from you know and she said oh yeah we're from Mexico and I said oh I'm from Uruguay you know and um, uh, you know the cashier she turns to me and she looks and she says uh, you're from Uruguay and I said yeah and she said I'm from Uruguay and we were both so stunned. We, we, we just couldn't believe, you know, and the, and, and the Mexican people, they were like, how is it possible that you guys had been working together for almost three months and you had no idea you were from the same country? Um, you know, and then so 10 years later, I married her. <laughs> uh, so you get your groceries at Costco and you get your wife at hey, Costco. Hey, that's my favorite yeah. joke. You know, I get everything at Costco, even my wife. <laughs> yeah. So, Joel, can you tell us what caused the change in your life? Yeah, I mean, I'll backtrack a little bit. I know, you know, I I still had all this depression, you know, I had been sinking into it. And, uh, you know, I'd been into the party lifestyle, you know, with our friends and, and, you know, not heavy, but it was still something I was doing a lot, you know, the drinking and um, smoking and, and other things. And, uh, you know, I remember not wanting to speak to my mother at the time because it felt like she only wanted to talk to me about Jesus and, 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 you know, how God wanted to save me and how, you know, the end was coming and I had to get ready and, um, I, I remember telling her, you know, uh, I said, don't worry, mom, the Bible says, raise up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he should not depart from it. You know, and I don't know if it was words for her or for me, right? You know, and so me and Natalie moved in together and, you know, it was great at the beginning, you know, as it is, and you're a young couple and, and, and it was fun. She was going to school at the time, you know, but uh, as the years went by and, and the struggles of life and, and not having God in our lives, and, um, you know, the problems started piling up and we just couldn't, we couldn't figure it out, you know, no matter what I, I tried to do to solve them. You know, I remember physically trying to be a good person. I remember telling myself, you know, and it would last for a few weeks, um, but I couldn't keep it up. In, uh, in 2019, COVID started spreading um, and, you know, it, it made everybody kind of locked down and into our homes. And so our, our home with, with Natalie really, um, it got kind of worse, all these problems, we couldn't avoid each other anymore, you know. And um, as things started to get worse in our home, you know, I sunk into more depression, I'm drinking more alcohol. You know, I, even though I, I never considered it like alcohol abuse, you know, it really was uh, part of my coping method. Um, I'd been doing it every day. I'd come home and, um, you know, I'd go straight from coffee in the morning to alcohol and I'd, um, as things got worse, uh, you know, we eventually decided in, uh, that we weren't going to be able to keep going on like this. Um, we had just purchased a home, so we were going to lose our relationship nine years together. Our home, our newly purchased home, you know, our dogs, and uh, we'd have to start all over again on our own. Um, I really finally hit bottom. Um, I had nowhere else but to look but up. You know, I, I had just turned 30. And uh, my pastor from my church tells me that my frontal lobe was fully developed. <laughs> and, he, um, and it was like I wasn't thinking about um, the present anymore. I was thinking about the future. And I like immediately knew what to do. You know, I describe it like the prodigal son. He was, I was sitting there eating with the pigs and I realized, wait, I have a home. I have somewhere to go to. And I immediately called my mom, and for what I'm sure was a miraculous turn of events for her, uh, I asked her if she had any connections to any good churches out in Alberta, uh, where I was. You know, I, I had gone to a couple, but I said, you know, I need to hear the truth. 
the whole truth, nothing but the truth. I said, I, I'm, I'm willing to drive. I, I need to go somewhere where um, enough's enough of this life, you know? And that's when your mom called me and she asked me, tell me a good pastor because I trust you. And so I gave her uh, Pastor Darrell's number and you contacted Pastor Darrell and you went to church there. Yeah, I called him on a Wednesday. I said, hey, pastor, like, uh, you know, I haven't been at church in a long time. He says, I, I, I want to come back, you know, and he says, praise God. And he says, yeah, we're open, you know, Fort Saskatchewan Church in, in, in uh, Alberta. Um, and after 15 years, I stepped back into a Seventh-day Adventist church. The changes were huge when they first started happening. I mean, he used to come home um, straight to play video games and drinking beer, um, and all of a sudden he pushed that all away. I saw a piece in him that I had never seen before, that I knew that he was looking for for a long time. Um, and it was amazing. It, it changed our relationship. Um, it made us stronger. Our life now compared to before is very different. Um, you know, we we don't have the video games in our home anymore. Um, we just have a different routine and starting to experience new things together and a lot of new things for me. Um, it's a lot calmer, a lot more peaceful, and yeah, it feels a lot better. It got us to a place that we felt in in the right place to get married and start our lives differently together. I mean, we were together for nine years before that and there were always things in the way that, um, yeah, they just got in the way and it, and it was very difficult. And now, now we're on a completely different wavelength, I think, of, of our relationship. It feels, yeah, it feels really good to know we've come this far and these changes that Joel made first really did save our relationship and got us to this much better place now together. So Joel, how did it feel coming back to church? It was wonderful. I mean, you know, I, I even though I, I'd never met these people in my life, I felt like I knew them. You know, I, I said, I recognize you, you're Adventists. You know, I grew up with you. You know, they had the vegan potluck and, and, and all the church service was so nice, you know. Uh, although I still like, I was a bit ashamed, you know, after all these years of not studying my Bible, you know, I didn't know where it was. Um, I hadn't a clue what to say when we were praying. You know, I, I remember they'd ask to turn to a scripture reading and I, I couldn't, I couldn't find the book. I couldn't find the verse. You know, me who had grown up in the church school, who had uh, memorized the books, it's, I've grown up with them. Um, I couldn't. I'd have to turn to this to the table of contents, you know, to try and find where the book was because I, I couldn't, I didn't know where it was. I'd, all those years of being away from God, I, I really had forgotten uh, all the things that I'd grown up with. But Joel, this is so encouraging to hear your story for every parent and grandparent who is praying for their children and for their grandchildren. God hears and answers a mother's prayers. So encouraging. Yeah, I mean, I don't have, you know, when I first share this testimony, I don't necessarily have a title for it, except for the only thing that suits it is the power of a mother's prayer. I think 
you know, because they, they pray that they would die instead of enter the kingdom without their children. You know, and I think, imagine if we all prayed for people like that. Joel, thank you for sharing your story. We've come to the end of our time together. Uh, your story is really about how God never left you. Um, he, he had answered your mother's prayers. And uh, as, as I ask you to pray, I would like to ask you to pray at the end now. Uh, pray for those mothers and grandmothers and, and, and grandparents whose, whose children may have left the faith. And, and, and pray for those who have left the faith that they will know that, that God has never left them, he will never forsake them, and that they will open their ears to hear his voice, even those who have never heard his voice before, because he loves every single one of us. Absolutely, yeah, let's bow. Dear Lord, Father in heaven, Lord, what a privilege to call you Father. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will speak to all our hearts, Lord, we ask that this testimony, Lord, this story of a man's mistakes may be a blessing, Lord, for all that hear it. Lord, may you be with all those parents, grandparents, Lord, that are praying day and night for their children to come back to the Lord. Lord, encourage them in this story, Lord. Encourage them to never cease praying for those children. If, if they don't pray for them, nobody else will. Lord, we also pray for those that have left the church. Lord, so many of my friends, Lord, that I grew up with, so many of uh, other children in other places that have left the church, Lord, that have not, uh, have been distracted by the world's deceptions. Father, speak to their hearts as well. Help them to realize that the peace and true peace only comes within you. Lord, help them to never forget, all of us to never forget the promise in Matthew 28, 20 that you are with us always, even unto the end of the world. Lord, we pray these things. We pray them in Jesus Christ. Amen. Joel, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your testimony on It Is Written Canada today. Thank you. It's been a blessing and a privilege. I'm sure from listening to Joel's story, you could see the power of a mother's prayer. Joel himself could clearly see how God transformed his life in answer to his mother's prayers. Friends, our free offer is a most powerful collection of stories entitled The Incredible Power of Prayer that will both strengthen your faith in God and also introduce you to many powerful truths found in the Bible that can transform your prayer life. Before you go, we would like to thank all of you who have supported the ministry of It Is Written Canada with your prayers and financial contributions. Without your support, this television ministry could not have reached so many people for so many decades. Yes, thank you so much. You too can experience the fullness of life that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The prayer of so many people, uh, people that I met during that time too, 
people that are still with me until today, that the Lord sent my way to pray with me, to hold my hands. And one of them recently told me, I thought you will never make it. But I praise the Lord I did because I, I was so devastated. But the Lord picked me up and I make a deal with him. I said, Lord, every time I am down, you're gonna pick me up. And he's faithful. God is a faithful father. And he did, and he sustained me until this day. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.